One of the best ways to become a better home brewer is to join a club. I'm a member of a club. I'm a member of the Old Town Mash Paddlers here in Arvada, Colorado. Well, today I'm going to have the president of my club, Evan Sherlock, and he's going to join us today and talk about all things homebrewing clubs today on Homebrewing DIY. Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Keeping a clean brewery is the key to making great beer that doesn't get contaminated. Do you use a glass or plastic carboy for your fermentation? Did you know that getting your carboy clean can be tough, especially removing the cruising ring? Even with traditional carboy cleaning tools, it can take a lot of time and not get your carboy completely clean. Well, today there's a new tool that can easily clean your carboy and do it fast. And that tool is called a scrubber ducky. Scrubber duckies are a new magnetic carboy cleaner that are easy to use and get the cleaning results required in brewing. Drop a magnetic scrubber into your carboy and be able to scrub away all of the grime in that hard to clean cruisin. They are no match for scrubber duckies. And you can get yours today at scrubberduckies.com. Once again, head over to scrubberduckies.com. Have you ever wanted to make a podcast? Do you have a subject you want to discuss with listeners? Do you even know where to start? Well, if you want to make a podcast and you want to get started now, I could not recommend Anchor enough. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. Anchor gives you everything you need in one place for free, which you can use right from your phone or computer. Creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. They'll distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. And you can easily make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Hey, look. I shopped around for a place to post my podcast, and Anchor was the easiest, most streamlined experience you could ask for. So if you're looking for a place for your new podcast, download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Once again, download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And welcome back to Homebrewing DIY, the podcast that takes on the do-it-yourself aspect of homebrewing. Gadgets, contraptions, and parts, this podcast covers it all. Today, we're talking to Evan Sherlock, and we're going to talk about all things homebrew clubs. Why, you ask, are we talking about homebrew clubs? Because there's no better way to learn other systems and how other people brew beer. First, let's dive into some feedback. 
I got an email from Chris Sounders, and he said, Great podcast. I would love to hear more about your DIY fermenter and a little more detail on the controller. I've talked about my fermenter a few times on the show, but I can get into a little detail for you. First, my setup's from an old dorm fridge. The door is ripped off, and then I built a wood platform to set the fridge on. I then extended the front of the fridge by building a wood box out of OSB board. The controller that I built is using a classic brew pie setup. The instructions are on Homebrew Talk, and you can find them. Just look for Homebrew Talk, the Arduino setup, and you'll find it. Well, the software I currently run, though, is Fermentrack, and uh, that setup has three temperature probes, uh, has one for beer temp, it has one for the room temp, and it also has one for the chamber temperature. Those three work in conjunction with a control algorithm to get me dialed to within uh, a tenth of a degree. My beer probe also uses a thermo well. I have a stainless steel thermo well I bought from Brewers Hardware, and that fits right through the uh, the hole in the cork in the top of my fermenter and dips all the way into the beer, and that's actually where I put the temp probe. But if you wanted to build this today, there's a totally easier way, and I would highly recommend this. I'd say just get a chest freezer. You can find one probably secondhand or even brand new on something like walmart.com and to be honest it's going to be a lot easier if you do it that way because there's not any construction and it's going to hold temperatures a lot better the other thing i would tell you is look at the the brew pie remix by lee bussy Uh, he was on this show and go back and listen to that show but if you go on to Homebrew Talk and look for his instructions or go to brewpyremix.com, he has a way of building a fermentation controller with the same control algorithm, but not having to do any type of solder soldering. You wouldn't have to solder. You don't have to do any of that. It just totally works, and you could use a couple wire nuts, and out, out of the box, you're ready to go. So, Chris, thanks for sending some feedback. And if anybody else has some feedback for the show, you can always send it to podcast at homebrewingdiy.beer. You can also reach out to us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, and just look for the handle at homebrewingdiy. You know, the show is something I love to do. I really want to let you know, though, it's hard work. And getting the show out every week is uh, something that I, I, I work hard to do. And I'd love nothing more than to keep the show going strong. And the best way to do that is by supporting the show and supporting our efforts. Um, you can always support us on Patreon. Head on over to patreon.com forward slash homebrewingdiy and give any amount. Uh, with that, you're also going to get the special RSS feed that's going to allow you to uh, become a patron. And you're also going to get ad-free shows as well as bonus episodes. You can also get special ask, access to our Discord server, and I currently have a goal at, uh, for the month of November to just try to get our first 10 Patreon uh, supporters, and so, you know, you could be the first person. Uh, once again, head over to patreon.com forward slash DIY. You can also support the podcast by reviewing us on Apple Podcasts, podchaser.com, or your favorite podcast service. That's how other people find the show. And it really helps if you give us a five-star review. 
The last way you can support the show is by heading over to our website, homebrewingdiy.beer, and checking out Brewfather. If you click on the banner there, you can check out Brewfather, which is very powerful homebrewing software. You can build your recipes, you can walk it'll walk you right through your brew day, and it's just a great piece of software and it's super easy to use. They have a free version, and if you go to homebrewingdiy.beer, click on the Brewfather banner and sign up today. The cool thing there is they do have a free version, but if you upgrade to the paid version, it will also give us a little bit of a kickback and help support the show. So now, let's hop into our interview. We're talking to Evan Sherlock, and we're going to talk about homebrew clubs. Well, I'm sitting here with Evan Sherlock of uh, the Old Town Mash Paddlers Club, club that I'm gladly a member of, and uh, he is a member and president of, and I'd like to welcome him to Homebrewing DIY. So welcome, Evan. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. So what we're going to talk about today is just uh, homebrew clubs and and really, you know, what kind of support if you're a new homebrewer or really trying to learn or just trying to look for a bunch of guys to hang out with that are into homebrewing as well. Uh, just I want to dive into the experience of a club and and what that looks like. So uh, that that's why we have you here today. And I think the best place to start is actually going to be the, how you found your first club. So this is the second homebrew club I've been a part of. You know, it was back about 2002, 2003. I was living out in Oregon. Uh, and it was just a small, pretty informal type club that met at a uh, homebrew shop there in Salem, Oregon, that I was part of. I, c- I can't even remember the name of the, the uh, club at the time. And it was something that was a part of my life for, you know, just a short moment there when I was really starting to get into homebrewing. Um, but of course, my life changed. I moved back to to uh, Denver. And it wasn't until after I'd purchased my first house that I was like, yeah, this is real. I'm going to get really established uh, with being a big part of homebrewing for a much longer period of time. And that's, it was... It was about it was about 20, 2013 is when I got real serious again, and that's when I sought out uh, a club local to me, and and that's when I I found the the Old Town Mash Paddlers, and um, at that time the club was it looked a lot different than it does today, um, and and it really it, it fulfilled a lot of the needs I had as a, as a home brewer that was was just starting to get into all grain. And and looking for a lot of the solutions and and a lot of that camaraderie of homebrewing um, that I had lacking. Other than that, it was really me and a bunch of my college buddies drinking beer in my basement. And and you know those guys weren't so into the nuances of of how it was done. It was just the product. That I I have to admit that I I run into that issue a lot where I have friends and coworkers who drink my beer and I want to geek out about it. And, you know, it's beer. They want to drink it, right? Sure, sure. And, and so when I, when I joined the club uh, back then, I was, I was definitely one of the, the younger members at the time. And it was, it was a lot more formal than we kind of are today. Um, and I think there was a, a, a different kind of seriousness in the club 
Um, but that's really evolved over time. And, you know, I've seen, I've seen a lot of people come and go through, through this club, but the, the end goal always has been to, to surround yourself and kind of insulate yourself with the people that are into that same mentality and that same mental space. And, and for me, it's really, it, it drives me harder to want to get better and, and find those gains that I can get in my brewing experience. Um, and a lot of that was facilitated just in these, uh, you know, informal conversations that we have at the club meetings that, I mean, they've been just gold as far as resources for myself in, in just developing, um, the way I do things and understanding the process and, and eking out, you know, all those, those efficiencies and just, and the problem solving that goes, that is, you know, an integral part of, of being a home brewer is, is making the best product you can, but also understanding why you're making good product. I think I completely agree there. Uh, I, I love going to the club meetings. I, I feel like every time I go to a club meeting, I do learn a little something new and I'm not going to be somebody who admits that I, you know, I'm not going to run around and be like, I'm the best home brewer in the world. I I'm by far not, but I feel like little tidbits come out of every meeting. And for me, those little tidbits I add to my brewing. Uh, I, I, I change a little thing here and there, maybe off of a small conversation. And that's just from hanging out with a group of other homebrewers, right? For sure. Right. And, and I'll just definitely put it out there right now that, that the Old Town Mash Paddlers um, is, 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 I would call it a social club because, you know, we've, we've been asked over the years, people want us to brew beer for events or people want us, you know, to put on talks or brew sessions for, for, you know, organizations. And I've always kind of just stuck to the, the fact that we're a social club we're we only we're self-serving we're we're here to serve the the guys that show up and are dedicated to to making good beer and to talk about good beer and 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 we don't have like i know there's really organized clubs out there that put on big events and do charity things and that's that's not the type of club we are we are a strictly social club and for me it's really the, we meet once a month and it, and that, you know, the one meeting we have a month is, is one of the most fun evenings I have, you know, every month, just, I really look forward to it. I look forward to, to, you know, catching up with people that I've known for years now. And then also just getting a lot out of the, you know, from those people in their experiences, because a lot of those guys are doing things that I might ne- not necessarily have an interest in, in doing at the moment, or am, am active in doing, but those guys are, are, are working on different projects that, that are always at least interesting to hear about. And then always, it's great when you, you know, when those projects come full circle and they come back, you know, like when we guys have guys that do barrel age projects, you know, and sometimes those can go on for years at a time. And then, you know, you get to, you get to see the end product. And it's, it's even fun when as a club, we do things like that, like barrel age projects, or we do, uh, you know, competition couple times a year maybe and we'll all do a similar style and, and it's really fun to you know talk about how they got there you know what what sets these beers apart you know and and even comparing our beers to commercial beers when we do competitions like that it's just it's it's a really satisfying thing that i i probably couldn't get anywhere else and i know there's times my wife just gets so sick of hearing you know about the the latest greatest thing i'm geeking out on in homebrew but at least I, you know, I have that camaraderie with with other people out there that are that are into the same kind of things. I agree, and and 
you know, maybe that's a good place to kind of segue into the types of clubs that are out there. So let's say I'm a brand new home brewer. Uh, I'm listening to this podcast, trying to learn to get better. And, uh, you know, I want to think about using a club as a resource. What kind of clubs would you say are out there that uh, people could look for? Well, I I definitely know that there's there's a couple clubs even even in the in the same town here that they're they're real formal. They'll they'll do talks. You know, they'll have very organized events. They'll have dues. They will have uh, even multiple meetings a month, or even kind of smaller breakout sessions. And some of those clubs, you know, you'll end up seeing. Uh, you know, upwards of, of sometimes like 50 guys at a meeting and, and you really got to keep with like almost Robertson rules of meetings in, in that kind of scenario and not to diss on those guys. Those guys are doing great work and doing their own thing. Um, but, and that's one type you might find. I know there's other types that are similar to ours that are just real informal kind of off the cuff meetings and, and the guys are just there to share their beer and get feedback. And, and, and that's generally something you're probably going to find almost anywhere is you're always going to have guys that are going to come out and sample and, and you know, you're going to taste each other's beers, but it's, it's really what you want to look for in a different, t- in the type of club. You know, I felt really fortunate that, um, you know, I was kind of well-received right away by the old town mash paddlers. Not only that, but it, it was a club that really kind of fit the needs I had. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I would agree. Uh, so for me, when I found the match paddlers, it was something where, uh, I was looking for, I, I'd moved to a new city. I didn't really know a lot of people and I was looking for some people that were into something that I was into, which was homebrewing beer. And I showed up at a meeting was, and everybody was super cool. And, uh, I've kept going and now I bring friends when I find out you're a homebrewer, you get to come to a club meeting with me. That's kind of at least my momentum. Uh, so how, how did, how would you say, like, if I were going to find a club, what what kind of things would you give me advice for in finding a club and what kind of resources are out there? Uh, the easiest way and in, in the way I found the Old Town Mash Powers is the American Homebrewers Association has a page where you can look up all of the uh, the homebrew clubs in your area, in your state. Um, and it's real easy. That I, I know I just scanned it um, prior to prior to doing this podcast today and, and just refreshing my memory how it looked. Um, but a lot of them have links to their websites. We have a link to our website on the AHA website. Um, and then as well, there's always, there's always contacts and you can, you can write, you know, those people. And I had, I had reached out to a few homebrew clubs, funny enough. Um, some of the clubs are real small and, and more informal than we are. I mean, at least we're, our club is, is, is organized enough to meet once a month. Some of those clubs are, are, you know, uh, clubs that, that might not even have regular meetings or even be that organized. They're just listed on the AHA website as being an organization, uh, that does exist. And, and, you know, those, I know there's a barrel aged, uh, club here in Arvada that, that also operates. And some of those guys are part of our club. So it's just, it's it's reaching out and making that first contact and then getting, you know, asking, you know, what 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 a typical meeting might look like, where they would meet at, and then kind of going off that information, um, just you know, in your primary contact and, and go out to a meeting and see if it's for you. I I definitely support the idea of people building community, you know, around uh home brewing and, and the social aspect to me, I mean, as as well as drinking beer is it's a social thing you know it's it's about talking about it and it's about being with the people and immersing yourself in that in that culture and i think that's another great thing i mean i feel very fortunate that uh 
Colorado has a, a thriving craft beer scene that also really supports its home brewers. And, and I really feel like those feed off of each other. Um, our meetings are held at, you know, at um, a small craft brewery here in town. It's, you know, and they they love having us. And and it's a re- it's a feedback cycle for them in a way, too, that uh, they get to see what we're doing. You know, they'll come out and have samples with us. We'll talk about ingredients, you know, their brewers also. And it's a kind of I rub your back, you rub my back. And, you know, they support our club and we support their brewery. And it's a it's a really nice kind of symbiotic relationship. Yeah. And the locations, you know, obviously, depending on laws in your city or state are are kind of how those things happen. Uh, personally, I grew up in Utah. Uh, I learned to start homebrewing in Utah and club meetings could never be held at a brewery. That would be so against the law there. But, you know, we w- the the clubs that I was a member of there, I was a member of a small club that started as a Facebook group. Right. And it was a very it, it was a it was a the toxic pirates is what they were called. And uh, it was a Facebook group in uh, in Salt Lake City. And it was a very informal club. Right. But it was still that community and uh, friends, um, you know, getting together, talking about beer, being involved with brewing beer and, you know, really just, uh, uh, you know, chumming up and hanging out and talking about beer. I, I would say, you know, there is definitely an education piece to it, even in an informal club or a very formal club. What would you say is uh, s- some things that you had no idea about and now know because of your homebrew club? Oh, man. Shoot, there's a lot. You know, actually, the the biggest, I'd say, kind of perk in that vein, I don't know if this is exactly what you're asking, but is, uh, man, group buys <laughs> on grain is probably the coolest thing I've been, you know, privy to in in the time with the club and 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 also you know for me one of the other cool things about being part of the club and and being witness to a lot of things is man some of these guys in our club and 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 actually guys from other clubs that i've been privy to you know being invited to their places and doing and doing like barrel projects with there are crazy engineers out there and there are people driven to have some seriously insane brew setups in part in their house and, and seeing all those kind of things, you know, you just, you wouldn't get that. You don't get the same feeling as, yeah, it's cool to look at guys setups online and, and scan Reddit and look at photos and look at what guys have, but man, going over to somebody's house and being part of a brew day and, and just, you know, immersing yourself in 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 their different system because everybody brews so radically different even though we're talking about similar processes i mean everybody's equipment is different everything's going to react different the way they do things the steps they take just the immense amount of information that you're going to get um just by being part of a community and putting yourself in that community is is something that that just it feeds such a, a great part of my mind, like knowing things and experiencing things. It's, you couldn't buy it. You know, it's, those are experiences that you couldn't get off the internet. You know, there's a lot of clubs that operate online and there's a lot of communities that are supporting homebrewing online. You know, you look at homebrew talk and the amount of threads and data in there, it's always a nice buttress of information, but you know, it's one of those things sitting down and having a beer with a guy and talking to a guy and, and brewing on his system with him is is such a different experience than it is, you know, reading comments online and, and really trying to read between the lines 
of of you know the information you're finding online and not to knock you know guys that have are part of homebrew clubs online it's just such a different experience being with people and seeing things and participating you know at a really hands-on level with these guys I, I completely agree. I, I feel like every time I go with a, a co-club member and uh, and either hang out with them while they're brewing on their system or we brew together on their system, I learn something new because maybe they approach mashing a different way. Maybe they have a small tweak that they do. Uh, I think everybody calls it their their brick, right? Uh, the, there's uh, uh, I, I don't know who said it, but the idea is that uh, you kind of have this one little hack that everybody has in their brewery. Like, for example, you might be a wire hanger to hold a funnel in a certain place, or it could be a brick to hold the door open so that you can get the hose in. But everybody kind of has that thing in their brewery, and it can kind of be tweaked to your own brewery too. And it's that kind of learning and you get from experience that really changes subtle things that over time can end up becoming your beer. Oh, certainly. It's such a, it's such a, you know, it's such a hands-on process to begin with, but it's, to me, it's just, it's, yeah, it's, it's out of necessity too. I mean, like, you know, I, I still do infusion mashes in, you know, giant Coleman cooler and, you know, over the years, that thing's a little more warped than it used to be. And do I have ways to keep that lid down and nice and tight? You know, of course, I've got some spare, you know, weights hanging around that I keep just just to keep that lid closed while I mash. You know, it's it's all those kind of small things, but it's always an evolution too. every brewer I know. It's it's not a static activity. And then that's I think that's one of my favorite things about the homebrewing community. It's, it's really a lot of people that are similar minded that they they see the world as malleable. And they see the world as it it can change, you know, any moment because you're going to have to react because in the middle of mashing, something changes. You have to react because you still you want to preserve the, you know, the time and money you've put into it. But it's also just necessity. You need to see that beer through. It's like, you know, you're growing something, you're making something. Yeah, I, I completely agree. What, what kind of uh, projects have you guys done together as a brew club? Uh, you know, we, I I've done a couple things with you, but what kind of like, uh, you talked about barrel projects, but what kind of other projects have you guys done together as a club? Uh, you know, some of the things we do, we do, I mentioned earlier, we do, we do, we like to do competitions at least once a year. We got a couple guys that really push that one. So what we elect to do is, is we pick a style and it's, believe me, it's, it's so hard to get, 20 some guys to sit down and, and adhere to age, you know, AHA, you know, guidelines uh, or, you know, the homebrew guidelines on, on style, but we'll, we'll try to pick those through and we'll pick a, a cat, you know, a subcategory. And it might be, you know, last, this last year, for whatever reason, we decided to do Belgian beers in July, which was an extraordinarily silly meeting. Um, but, you know, we picked, we picked the Belgian beers and, and everybody had, four months to crank out a Belgian beer. We all brought them and sampled them and we compared them against blind comparison against commercial styles. And that's always a really fun meeting because to us, it's, it, it really sets uh, the bar for are are we even playing in the same game as commercial beers? And definitely I can say there's guys, a lot of guys in our club that are, that are, you know, 
making beer at that level that is that good, you know. And also, it's it's one of those things I really like that because you even get those beers to come back, you know, in s- subsequent meetings. And when those beers come back, you can even kind of perceive the changes and you go back and when we take notes on all these beers um, and we get to see how those change. Some of the other things we do is is we've got a guy in our club that has a uh, hot farm, Voss Hops. Shout out to Voss. Uh, and he has us out once a year. He'll always do some barbecue and we'll help him pick hops, which is always a real fun meeting. We'll usually do that like on a Saturday in the middle of the day. And we've even done it while people are picking hops. We have get guys bring out their, their, you know, partial or full brew systems and we'll knock out, you know, handful of batches with, with like wet hops, which is always a fun time. And especially having a little barbecue and beers to drink. Uh, some of the other things we've done is, um, we've assisted with, uh, some local beer competitions and, and getting submissions to those guys, uh, the Arvada on tap festival. Uh, we've been pretty integral in, in, in the homebrewing piece when they still had it, they, uh, got rid of it this last year. Um, trying to think we've also done some stuff with, uh, with a couple different breweries in town. Uh, one, we've taken tours as a club, which is always really fun. You know, you get you get a geek out and look at other people's really big shiny toys, uh, which you don't always get to do. But it's fun to, to experience that with with the guys that you know you're you're hanging out with and talking beer with most of the time, anyhow. And then also we've done uh, brew days at different uh, breweries where we we kind of elect which beer goes forward uh, for maybe a, a kind of smaller club competition and we'll scale those up and, and brew beers on a commercial system. And, you know, it's, it's actually turned out that uh, the place we meet up at someplace else brewing, they've, they still have uh, my Kentucky common recipe on tap here. It is it's been a couple of years now, but I think that thing's been on, on the rotator for two years. So that's that's really fun to see, you know, that that I know that I had a part in in one of their beers that they always have around, which is funny because that's actually my go to beer every time I go to the <laughs> meeting It's like, you know, the pint I buy when I walk in the doors, I always get the Kentucky common. So, well, it's it's also kind of a light beer and you're at a meeting where you're only going to just drink more beers. It's it's not too shabby to have around. I think it only four percent so it's exactly uh i try to have a, a nice little light beer before i get into uh some uh barrel aged uh, <laughs> uh, uh 10 percenters uh but yeah uh you know w- let's talk a bit about uh you know like if you were to want to start your own club uh let's say i'm in a city that doesn't have a club or a small town and i want to kind of get one going what, what kind of resources are out there for that uh, I do know, especially with the origins of, of our club here, the Old Town Mash Paddlers, it really just started out, and I'm not a founding member by any any uh, length. It's It was, it was our, our buddy Gordon and Dean. Uh, both those guys, uh, they got their start just by, they were sitting around at, at the bar drinking beer, and um, Gordon had been brewing for a while. I know Dean was getting into it. And they said, you know, we should start a club. And, you know, there was a handful of the regulars at the bar there. And they kind of tossed this idea around. And and next thing they know, they got just a touch organized and found a meeting spot uh, at one of the, you know, the local brew pubs here in Arvada. And they, they got going, you know, and they just they started setting meeting dates. And the rest was really organic. That, uh, you know, 
you, they end up talking to a few other people. They find other people at, you know, at the homebrew shops, talk to those guys, put some information out at the homebrew shops. We know where they're meeting and, and kind of what they're doing. And, and the rest just grew. And, you know, I was, I was there only about a year and a half after they got started. And, and I've watched, I've watched the club, you know, grow and change. And we, we've kind of become a little something different than we, our origins were, but I still think the whole spirit is there that, uh, you know, it's it's about people talking about their their passionate hobby. But I would definitely say if you're if you're interested in starting a club, you know, it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be super formal. You can you can kind of throw some information out there to to the, uh, you know, homebrew um, stores. And and I would say definitely make connections with your local brew pubs. And and the rest, you know, I think would probably, you know, just get enlisted on the AHA website. The rest is going to happen. You just you just needed a little networking. And I, I think you would be surprised. I know when we overhauled our email communication list about a year and a half ago, you know, we had upwards of like we had 110 people on the on the list. It's not like we were getting 110 people at the meetings, but, you know, it had, it had gone that far. And, and from something that really just started as two guys talking about making beer, you know, you know, at the, at the bar, it, it turned into something. And we've been going strong since 2012. So here we are, you know, year seven and, and things are going great. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you're in a town or you're in a, in a, a smaller city and you, you can't find that club you want, you can just, you know, two people talking about beer can be a club it doesn't need to be that big no definitely not and you know i didn't know what to expect ever going to my first meeting you know i was even intimidated do i even bring beer i didn't know the rules you know i didn't know how that worked i didn't know if you could bring beer into brew pubs you know all this i've kind of learned at least colorado's you know got some reasonable laws on the books that we can we can bring those in and it's condoned um but yeah i i'd say it's it's the community aspect even if you have a few people talking about the hobby that's going to push it, you know, and it's, I'm not here to sell homebrewing to anybody get into it if you want to, but you know, I think the, the fact is I've bought it hook, line and sinker and a lot of other guys have too. And it's, it's, it just, it grows, you know, it's a really organic experience. It's really nice uh, just to have those conversations and it's so much easier to learn with other people than going out there and doing it on your own. Yeah. I mean, I could read every John Palmer book out there, but it doesn't mean it's going to have a huge impact. You know, it's, it's really when it's the rubber hits the road and you're brewing and you're trying new things and experimenting and it's, it's sharing all that, that, you know, those experiences. I, I mean, I, I brew, you know, really low gravity English beers are my favorite. You know, we've got guys in the club that are, you know, totally experienced in in doing, you know, their own things, barrel projects, really high gravity beers, some guys that are doing meads, you know, some guys that are really into doing like IPAs or guys that are into doing Belgians, you know, guys that only do bottle conditioning, you know, it's 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 far and wide and all these guys are into different things, but you know, when you end up having those questions about maybe changing equipment or getting into like a DIY project, there's somebody hopefully that you can turn to as a resource. That's, that's going to have a lot of that information and really help you shortcut, you know, your processes. I've gotten a handful of people into brewing myself over the years and 
I look at the the speed which they accelerated getting into all grain and you know different t- doing like decoction mashes and such blew my mind. I was like, holy smokes, that took me years to get to those points. But it's really nice to see them really get to the point where they're enjoying their beer faster at a, at a better rate of return, you know, than I did. I can remember, you know, when I was really into brewing, I was, you know, I'd moved out to Oregon uh, after I was out of college and and I was really kind of out there alone. And it was just kind of getting shortcut by some of those guys uh, in the first club I was in, you know, they helped me with here and there, but I ended up moving not, you know, not long after, but it's, it's just nice to have the resources available and in it, especially in our club it's abundant i mean i i know guys that i can go to with kegging questions i know i can i have questions i can go to with guys like hardware questions or mechanical type questions like motorization of things i mean there's and they and all these guys also have you know this is homebrewing is just a small facet of their their kind of their mind is how i look at it because you know i've got a bunch of other stuff that I'm into, you know, I'm really into technology and computers and as well as building things in the fine arts. And, you know, I know there's also guys out in our club that there's a ton of gearheads, you know, I can, I can rely on them to, uh, you know, if I even had car questions or other things or guys that are super into gardening, you know, it's, it doesn't just stop at beer also, you know, it's, it's really nice just, just having these people as, as friends, you know, and as part of your life that they're, it's just resourceful. And it, these, Everybody that's into beer, I always find, is just generally kind of handy, you know, and and into doing their own thing and and not afraid. Yeah, and that's kind of uh, really the uh, the idea of this show, right? Is that uh, if you're into home brewing, and uh, I, I feel like every home brewer kind of, ha- I mean, home brewing in itself is a DIY process, right? You've decided I am going to make beer from grain. Um, oh, for sure. That was like the coolest thing. The first time I ever heard you could make beer too. You know, I mean, that brings me back. Like I have control, you know? Exactly. And, and, and then taking that DIY process and it becomes this thing. And, and like you said, I, I, I like the facet where we're all kind of engineers in our own way. Uh, the, the systems and the setups that we all have are individual to oneself. And that's how come, you know, my beer has a distinct, a a specific flavor that is my beer, right? And your beer is going to have a specific flavor that's your beer. Uh, and, uh, Jim, who was on my show, I think episode three, his beers always have stellar beers. Oh man. Yeah. His beers are great by the way. Uh, but they always have that, a flavor that's his. And it's all because our systems are kind of as individual as we are. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's diverse and it's fun. And, and I really see it just as like a, you know, melting pot of, of personalities, people. And, and it's, it's as unique as their beer, you know, it's, it's such a great time. And, and honestly, I, I just, you know, people, people give me crap all the time, you know, Oh, you're the president. You keep this thing going. You know, honestly, to me, it's, it's the least I can do to, for the, the other side of it, the experience side and, you know, just doing the, keeping up with the newsletter and, and doing the minutes. I mean, that's, that's basically what keeps us as a, a quote unquote organized club, but you know, it's, it's, it's a privilege to, to be with a lot of these guys, you know, it's just, it's so much fun. And, and I really get a kick out of just every, every facet of, of the experience of the homebrew club. And I, I couldn't endorse it enough, you know, a lot of people when they talk to me about about brewing, you know, my my number one thing is it's 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 talking more about my club than it is so much more about my beer. 
because the the club justifies the insane amount of money and time <laughs> that I, I I invest into the hobby because it, it it's coming full circle. It's 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 the information I have is going out to other people, and the information other people have is you know it's a self feedback loop. I'm I'm getting a lot out of it. So, uh, what are you brewing right now? Uh, right now, I have a Southern English Brown that um that i brewed up it was yeah you were you can't you stopped by that day that's it's it's in the fermenter still i haven't taken out i've i just got a new racking cane in the mail uh this week uh, i was waiting on a stainless steel one i've been wanting one for some time so i was waiting until that came in the mail to transfer it so i'll probably be transferring that that out and you know the reason i brewed it was um on homebrew finds a while back i ran across the the conan yeast strand and it came out of australia uh it it came in dry form and i was thrilled because i was a huge fan of conan yeast a couple years back when i was obsessed with you know finding a can of heady topper but you know it was one of those things i was really obsessed with the conan yeast and i got it the first time i ever got it was out of the yeast bay which i think is san francisco there and, you know, I propagated that thing up to, <laughs> I couldn't even tell, I probably went through 12 generations of that yeast on the stir plate. Uh, but I really found I enjoyed it in my, in my English, it's a, you know, it's an English beer strain, but I, I really enjoyed it in my English browns. And so I was really happy to find that yeast strain back. And so I thought, yeah, if I, I ordered up like four packets of the dry yeast, I was like, yeah, go ahead and do another Southern, Southern English brown. And uh, kind of uh, to talk a bit about the DIY side of it. Uh, I know you're doing an entire brewery in your basement, uh, and you're, it's, it's been an ongoing project, but, uh, you know, where are you in that project and what's the overall plan? So where I'm at is, you know, I, 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 a couple years back, uh, had, you know, ran into the electric brewery and this whole site Cal had thrown together in his original setup. And, you know, I got really geeked on that. And this was before a lot of that stuff was really commercially viable or I guess commercially available, you know, all these electric systems. And so I, at one point started amassing all of the hardware to do this. But of course about, I don't know, towards the end of amassing all the hardware, I had a toddler at home and it, just didn't happen. And then it was about last year. I kind of got re-excited about the project and, uh, we had a mother-in-law kitchen in our basement and I ripped the entire thing out and, and put in floor drains. I ended up with like, you know, a commercial dish station somehow off Craigslist. It's, it's kind of <laughs> become its own animal. It's become so a way bigger project than I ever dreamed, but I'm, I'm happy I'm doing it the right way. And so the next, the next kind of steps here are I'm, I'm running a 60 amp sub panel down to my basement and, and going all electric rims. And so I'm hoping to get that online here. I'm hoping in the next maybe two, three months, but it's, it's turned into an animal of a project, but you know, I always saw it as, as like the forever upgrade, you know, some of the guys in our club had, had gotten these intense brew setups and I was like, how, when will I ever, you know, end up some, with something like that? And well, piece by piece here I am getting there. It's just, uh, it's been a long road to where I'm at now, but you know, I've got, the, I've got my brewery, the room built out. It's just now getting to all the nuts and bolts of an electric system, which is, incredibly daunting at this point you know cutting up a panel and and wire and everything and making sure i making sure i don't burn down my house but uh <laughs> other than that but yeah that's i'm hoping that that maybe you'll have me back at some point once i get that thing wrapped up and, and maybe have you over for a brew day 
because that I'm hoping that thing's just going to be sweet beyond belief. But, you know, it's it's a lot. It's a I've still got some road to travel till that thing's done. Actually, I, I think what we, we should do is uh, you have me over for a brew day and uh, I'll bring my recorder over and you can give me a tour through it and we'll just uh, call that an episode. I would love <laughs> it. That'd be great. Yeah, well, awesome. well, we can knock out some beers then. Well, uh, Evan, uh, I, I want to thank you for coming on the show and talking about uh, brew clubs and how to start one and, and really great reasons to you know be a, a part of one. And uh, I just want to thank you for coming on the show and uh, hopefully we'll see you again soon. Excellent. Well, I appreciate you having me. I, I love. Yeah, I will. Uh, I'll be seeing you at the next meeting. Yes, you will. See you later. All right. Thanks so much. I'd like to thank Evan for coming on the show. It was really great to talk to him, and now we know a little bit more about homebrewing clubs. Also, please don't forget, you can always support the show by heading on over to patreon.com forward slash homebrewing DIY. Also, find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Look for the handle at homebrewing DIY. Well, that's it for today's show, and we'll see you next week on homebrewing DIY.